Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and on this show, my guests and I unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self mastery. So let's not wait any longer. Let the games begin. Hey, Clarissa, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome today. How about you? Good, good. I know you're not in your normal space that you're in, but I appreciate you being on on here. Uh, I was looking through your website, looking through all the stuff uh, that you had sent over to me, and I'm really excited to be able to get into the conversation that we're going to get into because I feel like you've got a lot of stuff that you've been through. And that's probably just a simple generality, right? <laughs> well, it's funny when people say that, you know, you have to, like, oh, you've got, you've done so much. Oh, you got to be old to do a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> you know, it always is, it, it just kind of comes right back around to, you know, how many, how many earth years I've got uh, on me. So. Well, you know, that's, that's fine that you take it there. I'm not trying to take it there at all. It's funny. And to the audience, it's not like she's 140 years old. Like, oh, you've done so much. Yeah, I've been around a long time, you know. Yeah, I remember when Jesus created the planet. You know, it was an interesting day. We were all, you know, having barbecue and wondering what the... No, but I was on Noah's Ark, so there. <laughs> touche, touche. And I'm sure we'll get into some of that. So I don't want to take away from uh, getting into that. Why don't you tell us, what do you do? And what's one thing that most people don't know about you that's a little odd or bizarre? Um, gosh, I don't know. One of the things I think a lot of people don't know about me is that I won Survivor, so that was kind of cool. Um, being on the, you know, the celebrity version of Italian Survivor 10 years ago and being on an island in Nicaragua with, you know, a bunch of kids that were a lot younger than me was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it was, it was one of those kinds of, why did you do it? Well, because I could, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I have, you know, cactus here in Phoenix, Arizona. So, you know, I can get up and leave anytime I want. And, um, and I really didn't want to do it. I said no a hundred times and they talked me into it and I said, let's do it. And it was really, it was interesting because what I did learn there, I mean, when you're talking about, you know, leaving the audience with, you know, some of those, you know, kind of like golden nuggets. And that is really, honestly, you can't trust anybody. And I don't mean that to sound, no, truly. I mean, I don't say that to like be, duh, 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 duh. no. <laughs> right at the beginning be, of this. No, no, no. Just be really extra special, careful, because, you know, all the alliance, you can create all the alliances that you want all year long and all, all lifelong. And something's always going to happen. There's always, there are always going to be triggers. There are always going to be differences. There's always going to be something that somebody's going to throw at you. And, and that's where the, you know, the real work of the self-esteem, you know, comes in. It's how you handle stuff like that. I mean, are you still a class act or do you become a complete asshole? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which ties into mindset. You know, how do you handle when somebody's berating you and you go, are you fucking kidding me? But you can't, you can't get back at them in that sort of way. Uh, and I know there's a lot of pieces that you've gone through in that sort of uh, sense. So why don't we just dive straight into it? You know, there's there's some of the things that you've gone through specifically self-esteem wise. And then I'm sure there are specific things that you can look back at and say, my mindset shift helped me or really hindered me in that spot. So let's start with that. Were there any key moments or something that pops up that you're like, right there was a pivotal moment where because of my mindset shift, I either went down a path in a negative way or a positive way? Yeah. Um, when I, you know, when I first started modeling, I had gotten to, I, first of all, I had gone to, to Paris. You know, first of all, I, I was, I was in New York and I got signed by an agency back in the eighties and it was great. I, I thought that was great. And they sent me to Paris. Well, you know, I didn't get along real well. Paris and I didn't get along so well. I was homesick. I mean, I was a kid and I wanted to go home. Uh, I, and I wind up being a, a secretary. I'm back in New York city, you know, cause I lived in New Jersey at the time back in New York city. And I go to a temporary, a secretary agency, secretarial agency, and they send me 
to Revlon Corporate. Now you talk about a strange turn of events. That was really the, that was almost cruel of the universe to send me there. So I'm like sitting, I'm sitting at Revlon and I'm looking around the walls and I see all oh, these supermodels with, you know, the beautiful makeups and all. And I'm like, damn it. I really screwed Paris up. I was there for like 10 months. I just couldn't, I just didn't, it wasn't my vibe. I just couldn't do Paris for some reason back in the day. Um, and so anyway, I'm looking at these walls. I'm like, really screwed this up. Make myself enough money from that job to buy another one-way ticket back to Europe. And I had, you know, I, a few years had passed. Now I wasn't, you know, I was like 21 now. And, and I go back up to Wilhelmina and they had the Italian agent. Italian agent. He goes, yo, whenever you want, do you come? And I was like, okay, great. I'll come. And so I did. I went to Milan and that's where it really started for me. Um, and within two years, my picture was on the walls at Revlon. So this is one of those kind of moments where you go, okay, hold up, hold up, hold on there. Sparkles as they say, you know, like don't ever, 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 ever think that your first chance was your last chance. You know, don't ever think that this is something that is, if it happens once, you know, you screwed it up, fix it. You know, we're all going to make mistakes. I, you know, I like to talk about, you know, fail being your first attempt in learning, right? And I was learning a whole bunch back then. I still learn. I'm 63 and I'm still learning a bunch of stuff every day. But back then, you know, there was, there was a bunch of learning curves that were going on. And I didn't have, you know, there wasn't a lot of support around me. So I just went ahead and did all the mistakes that I could. And then I, you know, wherever I could. Knock them all out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so why don't you give us a little bit more context for the audience? Because I think we just jumped straight into the the model, now supermodel. So the audience might be sitting here saying, who am I talking to? Because now our picture's on the walls of Revlon. So how did we get here? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, little Chrissy Burt out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, from a regular, you know, um, middle-class family row home in Collingdale and Philadelphia. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the background, the natal tribe was a little, they were brutal. You know, it was a little tough at, at home. So we had mom and, you know, 12 years to the nuns, dad, 12 years to the priests, you know, a lot of children are supposed to be seen and not heard and a lot of violence in the house. There was a, you know, a lot of, there was drinking and violence. And that's where I started to learn that, you know, we weren't in Kansas anymore. So there were going to be some very difficult, you know, times and roads. I came out of that house with PTSD for sure, just for sure. So, um, there were a lot of things that I had to learn about love and life and relationships and trust and right and wrong. So that's where it all started. That's where I was. And I was Mary Poppins in the kindergarten play. I think we'll throw that in there also because what really wasn't what what I really found um, that gave me, if you will, some solace. And it was it was rec the recognition from being on stage. I mean, when I heard after I got done singing Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious and I heard my first applause, I was hooked. That was it. That's all I needed. So I have been living basically all, almost all of my life on stage and in front of a microphone. It started out with modeling, but then it, you know, it wound up being many different things, but it's been, you know, it, these were the beginnings, you know, this, again, the natal tribe that where you, you know, your first, um, you know, you know, you, you're first formed. Um, and that's a lot of that you take with you for the rest of your life, unless you really fall in love with personal development. You fall in love with self-help. You fall in love with wanting to get, you know, get the, I call it, look, it's self-help. It ain't shelf help. 
right? It's not supposed to be sitting on the shelf. You're not supposed to bring it home and not read it. It's, you know, it takes the courage that it takes to, you know, to want to go down that path. And, um, and that's where it all started for me. Yeah. Uh, you and I both know that that's not something where uh, the personal development stuff doesn't just pop up one day where you're like, oh shit, I should go read this book by Zig Ziglar or I should go do this thing or what have you. It's typically always somebody that has opened the door for you or some sort of situation that opened the door for you. Uh, I also I grew up in Glen Olden and Prospect Park. We didn't we didn't know that as we got into this, but now you do. My grandparents lived in Glen Olden. Funny, you know, it's interesting how Delco there there's there's a stigma about Delco and how we just are very hardworking people. But for the most part, what I experienced was a lot of it was just put the fucking dirt on it, stand up, get up, get back to work, just put dirt on it and get back up on. So. I know that that's not typically one of those easy shifts to go, hey, you know what? Let's rethink this. Let's look at the way we're doing things. That's not typically the MO, and it doesn't sound like it was how you were raised at all. So tell us a bit about how you got into that, because I know that's a transformative, uh, transformational phase of life that really propels you into something where you're at now. Yeah. Well, you know, the, you know again, the formation being children are seen and not heard wait a minute, children are supposed to be seen and not heard. And I made my life, you know, basically on stage and in front of a microphone, my mother, my mother, who absolutely just couldn't take a picture of the woman. She hated taking her picture taken. She, oh my God, she stayed away from the camera her entire life. What did I do? I went and I worked in front of the camera. My father, now you might remember this from back in the day, we were Irish, right? So, you know, there were lots of, you know, and God forgive me, I don't mean to say, but back in the day, there were a lot of Dagos and a lot of Wops that didn't get along with the Irish and vice versa, right? So what did I do? I moved to Italy. So I moved to Italy to work in front of a camera, right? And, and, and I, so I already in my own very special way, without being angry with anyone or anyone being angry with me, completely turned the, the tables on what it was that I had learned. A lot of the other things I had learned, like good manners and, and all those are the things that serve me, but what didn't serve me was, Oh, don't take my picture. And Oh, the racism and all that, that never serves. I don't think it serves anybody. So, so yeah, you have to be able to, you know, again, natal tribe, they'll give you what you got. You're always going to go home for Christmas dinner and you're going to love them always, but not everything they teach you is going to serve you. So, and I can say the same thing for your faith. I can say the same thing for your, the educative process, you know, the friends you make in college and university. Um, I can say the same thing for the books that you read, the people that you hang out with. Um, and they, they have transmuted through the years, right? You're not hanging out with the same people today you did 10 years ago or 20 years ago because you're a different person because your path has, has, has taken on you. It's it, your path is probably more about your truth now and what works for you and doesn't. And if it isn't yet, if you're still kind of like figuring that all out, then, you know, get into the personal development um, section at Barnes and Noble. When I was a kid, we had Walden books, we had Border books, and we had Barnes and Noble. And there was like one bin that was about self-help, right? And I lived, I lived there. Now, as a billion dollar industry, you know, personal development, I mean, you can go to Barnes and Noble now, and it's like aisles and aisles and aisles that never end of, um, 
of self-help and and personal development. My crowning glory, if you don't mind if I, my little brag is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Barnes and Noble now with, with the self-esteem regime and my last name being Bert. I'm like right next to Tanya Brown, Brene Brown. These are gals that have been on Oprah. I'm right next to Deepak Chopra and Dr. Joe Dispenza. So you can imagine that for me (laughs) to be like, you know, on the shelf with the titans of the personal development industry. It, 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 it's, it's, it's come full circle for me. Let's just put it that way. I bet, I bet that's kind of humbling at times to think I can even see, I can see in your face now where it's still like, that's real, but it's not something like, uh, if, if you do life right, you shouldn't be able to script it. You shouldn't be able to, you can think of these things and you can say, I want all this stuff, but if you do it right and you actually put the energy out there, bigger things are going to happen, crazier things. So I, I love that for you. I mean, I get fucking chills just even thinking about that shit. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's so awesome. You also, you talked about not trusting people. And I, I want to get back to that because what I'm understanding from what you're saying, it's not a matter of not trusting, but it's a matter of not just taking things at a face value and just saying, well, this is kind of the gospel and that's how I'm going to run with it and doing what you want with it, like what you're doing to be able to say, oh, well, you know, we got a thing against Italians here. I'm going to go to Italy and I'm going to go fucking sing and talk to people and be in front of people, all the anti things you don't want me to do. Um, So it's interesting how you put that together. Looking back at that now, thinking about how you don't trust people or take things at a face value. How do you how do you kind of walk through life thinking about that and exploring new adventures? Because I, I, I understand now, I, you know, I understand, uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm rather empathic as well. And, and I really want, you know, when I was a kid, when I was a kid in school, I didn't really like going out to recess. I was never really the joiner. Um, I tried that clicky stuff. It just wasn't my gig. And so I would go out, if I was out in the, at the, the playground, I would be with the underdog, the one kid that nobody wanted to have anything to do with, with making fun of and, and, and didn't want to play with, right? After that, I started to go up to the kindergarten classes. You know, I was like second, third, fourth grade. And here I'm like trotting up, you know, because my, because I found, I found my importance, if you will, in helping everybody, the kids, helping the teacher mark the papers, helping the kids by reading to them, like whatever it was. I only had 45 minutes for recess, but that's how I spent my time, you know? And so the idea that I think it was about take it, taking the high road. And I've just created myself a little acronym. I love my little acronym. And it's, it's, it's honesty, integrity, it's greatness and honor. And I know I sound like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not a military brat. I'm just saying <laughs> those four for me are values that if we could all bring to the table, like practice radical honesty, honesty with yourself, honesty with everybody else. Oh my God, what kind of world would this be? Can you imagine what we'd be bringing to the table? Um, integrity, your moral principles, your values, like, like the biggest word in my vocabulary is integrity. Greatness. And you can change that with gratitude if you want. If you want it to be gratitude, that's great. We take the two G's here. We don't discriminate. And then it's honor. You know, like, who are you when nobody else is in the room? I got to tell you a story. You, you, you love the stories. I'm going to tell you the story. So I'm doing, I'm doing um, Survivor. 
And, and I was already older. I'm like 53 already. And you know, like I'm, I'm, and I'm like, I'm like, I didn't want to even do the show. So I'm like, so in the background, my mother and my sister didn't even think I was on the show <laughs> for the first couple of months, weeks, couple of weeks. So we had, you know, the, the pretty, the pretty girls in the bikinis, you know, the younger chicks were out in the, in, in the four. Right. So we have to do this one exercise one day where we have to get on that helicopter. And so here we are at the helipad and the girls get the guy that's, you know, the, the, the pilot of the helicopter and they go, can you go into the little, you know, hut over there and buy us something to eat? <laughs> Cause we're in Nicaragua. And he goes and he comes back with this paper bag full of stuff to eat. Right. So I'm in the front, the two girls are in the back and they're like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. And they're doing it. And I get it. It's cool. It's fine. And they're doing the whole thing. And I'm in the front and I get this tap on my shoulder and I turn around and they're handing me some of the food. And I went, oh no, thanks, 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 no thanks. Now, I hadn't eaten in weeks. I had literally lost 20 pounds on this island while I was there, but there were rules to the game. And, and it was honesty and dishonesty. What was the right thing to do? And what is the right thing to do? I mean, I was hungry and nobody would have ever known. The three of us, I would have known and they would have known. So when I said, no, thank you, it immediately, it immediately, there was this like divide because remember the game is all about winning, right? It's about tell, 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 you know, telling on everybody, not telling on anybody. You can do whatever you want. I don't agree, but it, they, 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 they looked at me differently because they were like, oh my gosh, she's going to say something. She's going to tell on us. We're going to be in big trouble or who the hell does she think she is that, you know, like there was this, there was a, a couple of different ways that this whole thing went on down. And I, I t still to this day can look at myself in the mirror and know that I always, I always at least try imperfect am I, but I always try to take the high road. That's huge. And what a test in that moment. I mean, it's probably easier to be able to talk about it now because you're not in that temptation moment. But in that moment, you're like, it's been a while. Like, oh my God, I couldn't even imagine. It's awesome. It was awesome though. It was great. It was a great moment. It was a great testament to my, to me for myself. You know, sometimes you have to really have, you know, you, we have our accolades on our successes and we're doing good. But when is it that you really ever prove your true self to your true self? Or at least show your true self to yourself. So throughout that time, what did you learn managing your mindset through that? And yeah, I can almost guarantee it shaped you in some sort of way. So how did it shape you? You know, I think in that you know, instance, it was, I was extremely proud. I knew that, you know, um, it would, you know, it's always easy to lie. It's always easy to take, you know, the easy way out. It's just an easier thing to do. It's not necessarily the honest thing to do. It's not the thing that, uh, it, you know, it's not full of integrity when you take the easy way out. It's not a way of living in greatness. And certainly it has nothing to do with honor. I like being, I like being thought of as a woman of honor. And I think if, if more people were coming to the table with, you know, really strong values and, and living by them, you know, like swearing by them, like I will not, like I'm drawing a line in the cement. I'm not drawing a line in the sand. Do you know what I mean? It's a whole different mindset. The whole gig is like, you know, you get up in the morning and you have your inspiration and your motivation and you're, you're working out, you're doing all the things and you've got your affirmation. Affirmations are great. My book's full of affirmations. But one, you can really live by the values, those true values that you set for yourself. 
you're bringing a better you to you and you're bringing a better you to everyone else. Big time. Yeah. It's a principle centered life. That's what it's about. And I, I think it breaks out in a couple different pieces to that recipe though, where people need to understand that there are the principles and then they need to understand what their own principles are and then how to use them. And it's not one of those things like you'd mentioned education. It's not something that's talked about in schools. At least it wasn't in Delco. <laughs> not your generation, not mine. Uh, they didn't talk about that stuff or teach you how to learn or to look through the fallacies and the bullshit through it. So where do you think you got that? Was that something that was innate inside of you or? I understood from a, well, I, I think I understood from a early, early age that it really hurts when somebody is lying, cheating and stealing from you. Uh, or you know, cheating on you, or lying to you, or or you know, defaming you in any way, defaming, defacing, defaming, whatever the word, proper word is. It just hurts, you know. It really hurts. I, I, it's not stand up, and it and it, you know, it hurts you to the core. So I think from the, you know, obviously the greatest things, some of the greatest things in life have grown from an immense amount of pain, and you have to understand you can take pain in two different directions. You know, you can take it right or left. You can take it right or wrong. There's, there's really no other way around it. Um, and I understood it from early, early on, I think, also what loyalty is. And, you know, loyalty is when you have somebody's back behind their back, Nick. And that's a huge one. Loyalty is right up there with, you know, honesty, integrity, greatness, and honor. Loyalty is, you know, if you can stand at the, cool, you know, the, the water cooler and just jump in on the tribe mentality and, you know, be trashing Susie Q. Okay. But can you stand there and say, you know what, guys, I know Susie Q and I don't know, I think she's kind of great. So maybe she was just having a bad day that day, like advocate for someone else. Maybe she's just having a bad day that day or, you know, like, have we walked a mile in Susie Q's shoes? Have you done that? Because until you do that, you can't, you can't really. So, you know, the whole loyalty piece, when, when you do that again, you're setting yourself apart from the tribe. So remember that the longest mile, Nick, is always, the, uh, sorry, yeah, the longest mile is always also the most uh, lonely mile. Um, it can be the most treacherous mile, but it's definitely the most lonely. So if you want a lot of times, you know, in order to be in leadership roles and to have a really, really strong, positive mindset, it, it can be a little lonely, a little lonely. So are, are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? I'm glad you bring that up because I feel like uh, our audience experiences that at times, which at certain times will also usher in imposter syndrome where you go, shit, should I be here? Am I supposed to be? And I think for the most part, everybody I've talked to, it's like, if you really get to the core of it, they're like, we all don't know what the fuck is going on right now. We're just trying to do the best we can. Yeah. And it's a matter of stemming from those principles, because when you're in those different moments, like we can talk a great game about things, but it's not until you're in the moment where you actually have to show up and you have to be integrous or you have to have honor or you have to do that. So if we were to take a little bit of a step back and you could see that somebody's right about to walk into that, what sort of advice would you tell them as they're about to walk into that? Manage your emotional intelligence because the imposter syndrome is nothing more than I'm doing good and I just don't feel like I'm good enough to tell myself I am. Because many other people might, might give you the accolades and the compliments and the pats on the back and you still, notwithstanding, you're going to, you know, you want to crap all over yourself and say, you know, I, don't, I, I just don't, you know, I don't see what they see. What do they see that I don't see? Because it doesn't feel that way to me. So when you're managing your, you know, your emotional intelligence, it's your, it's your ability to interpret and understand your emotions and the sensations in your body. It's also, 
I don't know. I just think it's just, it's, it's so damn important also because you learn your triggers, what does trigger you. And then it's like self-awareness, self-regulation. Um, and you have to be able to, uh, you know, love yourself enough. And that's where the self-esteem principles come in. You know, my four pillars are look good, feel good, be good and greater good. And when you're, you know, look, when you're looking good, we all know that's, you know, like self-esteem 101, but you know, you get a little lilt in your step when you know, you're, you know, you're vibe, you know, you're looking pretty good. You know, the fit's nice. You're looking, you're looking good. Look good, feel good, feel good. Diet, exercise, nutrition. It all works. Brain health now. Exactly. You know how it all works together, and you know, taking care. Be good. What are you doing with your relationships? How are you doing with leadership? How are you doing with finances and everything else that is going on around in your life? And and then we have the greater good, and that is where you tithe, or you pay it forward, pay it back. You know, volunteer, do something good for somebody else. So when you're doing all that stuff, there's just no way you can't be feeling good about yourself. Like you have to really give yourself. Give yourself, you know, love yourself first. And we, you know, we use mirror therapy in, in the book and I didn't create it. I learned the work from Louise Hayes and even Jack Canfield had it in some of his works. When you get in front of a mirror and you start getting in your own face and you start saying, Hey, listen, I just wanted to tell you, I think you're pretty damn amazing. And I love you. And I do forgive you too. Yeah. That one time that you did, or you said, or whatever, or that other, I forgive you too. So I forgive you. I love you. You're amazing. See you next time. Shit. I mean, you're looking right into your own eyes. You're digging down into your own, you know, you into your own soul. Don't wait for it. They don't call, they call it self-esteem for a reason. Cause you're not supposed to be waiting for everybody else, you know, to be filling your self esteem. It's your work. It's, it's your self. You're supposed to be working on, forget what everybody else. It's none of your business. What everybody else thinks about you've heard this a million times, not your business, what everybody else thinks about you. It's your business though, to know what you think about you. So I'd hone down really good on all the emotional intelligence pieces. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think uh, to add on what you were just saying about looking at yourself at that point, a lot of people will just pop onto social media and it's difficult to be able to look at yourself when you're looking at other people, share what seems like magical moments in their life. And you're just thumbing through and thumbing through and thumbing through. It's almost like at times we fucking make it so much difficult, so much more difficult for ourselves instead of just being able to kind of pull out from that. So I'm glad that you bring up being able to talk to yourself in the mirror. I've talked to different clients about that, friends even, where they're like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm like, you fucking try it. Try it. And then come back to me and tell me what you think. Do a minute a day. You know, you're going to have to like it. I've never had anybody come back and be like, yo, I was a complete moron. Because even if they were, they were like, but I love me. And I talked through things. And here I am standing in my bathroom. And my wife's like, what are you doing? So it, it's always interesting how that stuff works, but it takes us actually doing that work. So what does your daily work look like as you do your deep work? Yeah, my deeper work is, you know, meditation, a little meditation in the morning, definitely. I try to get a, at least a 30-minute workout in the morning if, you know, when I can. I, sometimes I'm too, really too slammed because I start working with Europe uh, first thing in the morning as well. Um, I got a lot of that going on. So depending on what that day looks like, I will try to get that 30 minutes in. Definitely the water, all the healthy stuff, you know, all that, making sure that all happens. And then I allow myself to have a little bit of junk food every once in a while because perfect I am not. <laughs> but, um, and then... Um, I have found recently, especially in different, uh, case scenarios, especially with work, um, uh, where people have gone behind my back, you know, people, people are people and you know, you, you, you just got to love them where they're at. And so 
and I didn't always do that. You know, I was, I was zero to 60 in two seconds. Look, I, I got, I, you know, I can get my Irish up just like as quickly as anybody else. You know, you get your Irish up. It's a means get your gander up. It means goes, you go from zero to 60 and you tell somebody exactly what you think about them. Yeah. Don't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We don't do that. I don't do that anymore. So I stop, I, I you know, I stop, I drop, I think, <laughs> you know, um, I, I think it through. Um, and I come from, again, I go back up to, taking the high road again, living in honor and honesty and integrity and how would I want to be treated as well? Because people are, you know, people are faulty. We are all faulty and we are going to make mistakes. I talk about boundaries. And when I talk about boundaries, people think, oh my God, you got to get upset and pissed off and let everybody know. No, you can do it with East Joanne Glory and let everybody know how it is and you will and will not be treated. That's kind of like the gig right there. Right. So, um, you know, um, that is really important also for me it was like well how do i want to be treated if somebody was yelling and screaming at me that doesn't feel so good i remember it it's not cool and so i had to completely and that's what i learned i learned that anger was the way to get everything across then i had to unlearn that you know it's like my first chapter my first chapter in here is release what do you need to unlearn so i had to unlearn all that stuff in order to chapter two rebuild <laughs> so i mean it's pretty it's just it's a deconstruction it's just deconstruct and reconstruct simple as that uh and sometimes you have to do that on the daily and sometimes you might have to do it on the hourly you know people say to me i just read the book why do i have to because i have a mastermind i read the book already why do i have to read it again i don't know do you think you have anything you need to release in the last year since you read it last you know or do you have to kind of rebuild anything at all in the last year since you read it last so yeah that's huge. I, I always appreciate hearing uh, more depth of the story that led to a book because we as audience and listeners and readers only get the actual tangible book or the actual you know digital copy of it, but not the actual story that led through each and every chapter. So what did you learn as you went through it? Will you, will you allow me to read something just real quick? Will you allow me to read sure. something just really quick? So it comes from the acknowledgments. Um, I want to acknowledge the millions of people who all over the world have been abandoned, abused, beaten, hit, struck, oppressed, depressed, distressed, held back, lied to, cheated on, lost, betrayed, deceived, misled, double-crossed, walked out on, stabbed in the back, sold down the river, stolen from, deserted, discarded, shunned, cast out, dropped, dumped, forgotten, neglected, rejected, and or dejected do you think there's anybody on the planet that this isn't a good book for <laughs> no, pretty sure he covered everybody living dead so again you know some of us came from phenomenal backgrounds and greatest parents on the planet and some of us were completely abandoned and left for dead you know so everyone has their story and you the the most beautiful thing about i think about all of this is that you get you know, you get to be you. Like, how damn lucky are you that you get to be you? You know, your higher source, universe, you know, your higher, whatever you believe in, that they knew exactly what they were doing when they created you. You have no right at all to be second guessing what they did. So just get on with it. That's why. <laughs> how dare you? That's, yeah, exactly. That's why I call it a regime, because a regime is an organized way of doing things. Just do it, do the damn work. You put your big boy britches on, you put your big girl britches on and do the work. It's going to be scary. It's going to be scary. And it's going to take some courage, lots of courage. But you know what? So what? <laughs> Just
just do the work. And what a pivotal moment. Uh, I think for the most part, people that are listening to this show have had one or a couple of those moments, kind of where you get fucking pissed at yourself and you're done. You're like, I'm done. I'm done living like this. I'm done feeling this way. I'm done thinking about this. I'm fucking done. And then moving along from there. I'm out. (laughs) So from that point, being able to kind of walk toward their path to self-mastery, what sort of advice would you give somebody? The grass isn't always greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. Beautiful way to put that. Just that simple. You know, we're always looking at what's going on in everybody else's backyard. What's going on? Like, don't make shit happen in your own backyard, damn it. Just, you know, self-esteem 101, comparing yourself to everybody else. We talked about self-esteem, about social media before. 99.9%, 89.9% of what we're looking at on social media ain't real. It's perception. It's the, you know, it's the Airbnb villa that was rented. It's the, you know, Lamborghini and the Ferrari that were rented for the day. I'm not saying everybody, but we know who they are, right? It's the perception. It's what they want you to believe. And, and, you know, again, self-esteem right now, how much self-esteem do you have to have or lack of that lack thereof to be renting your life for a day? You know, so be careful with that stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. I'd love to have the Lambo and the, the, you know, actually I want the Bentley in the garage, you know, but we all, we all would love to have lovely things and finer things, but is, but are we, is, can you buy your self-esteem on a hanger at Nordstrom's? Is that what that's all about? I'm not saying that's not great stuff. It's all great stuff, but you know, is your, are you coming from the right place when you're, you know, when you're doing that, when you're just, you know, you get the point. I get it. Totally. And I can tell you're at the point where you're like, if you haven't got the fucking point by now, just go back and listen. Just start over. Just hit play from the top and you're totally good. If you haven't gotten the point now, just go read the book. <laughs> yeah. Just start over. Uh, so good. Carissa, I appreciate you being on. I appreciate the conversation, the depth. You're so wonderful to talk to. Hey, where where can people find you and where can they connect with you? Yeah, well, we can definitely find me anywhere except Snapchat. I'm just not a Snapchat kind of gal, so um, I don't even know how it works. But just Clarissa Burt straight down the, you know, straight down the, the pike, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, Instagram, Clarissa Burt, you know, B-U-R-T. Perfect. And all that will be in the show notes. Again, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. So what did you think of the show today? Love to hear your thoughts and check out the Instagram or Facebook page to join the conversation. If you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. It helps us be found and helps others be healed. If this episode opened your eyes, made you think, or smile at all, then I'm sure it'll do the same for your friends. Check out the show notes for more info from today's episode and check out other episodes on the mindset and selfmasteryshow.com as well as our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and look up the mindset and self-mastery show. Thanks again to our incredible guests for being real, honest, and vulnerable with us today. I'd like to thank our sponsors. And most importantly, I'd like to thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Your support means the world to us. And with that, remember your mindset matters and so do you. <laughs>